As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Hey guys, and welcome to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, talking everything Carolina football. Checking in, uh, just did the signing day special a couple of days ago, and now we're going to recap it here quickly. Um, We'll also take a look and talk a little bit about Ryan Switzer receiving the Patterson medal, Um, and then we will get into a full early depth chart breakdown going to welcome in Zach Hubbard as uh you know he was on the last podcast he's going to help me break that down something that both of us are very excited about got that up on the blog right now as well if you guys want to check that out um but we're going to go more in depth on that in this podcast talk about that for probably uh, probably about an hour uh which is just going to have to wait and see but jumping into some stuff that we got to talk about right before we get into that as you know, of course, uh, we'll start with the Ryan Switzer receiving the Patterson Medal. Carolina, of course, beating Duke the other night in the Smith Center. Huge win for the Tar Heel basketball team. But there was also some ramifications for the Tar Heel football team as Ryan Switzer was in attendance to receive the Patterson Medal, one of the highest honors that you can receive as a student athlete at North Carolina, him along with Justin Jackson. And I forget the name of the other person that uh, ended up winning that. Um, they did receive, uh, Switzer received his the other night. Um, so, you know, big, big honor for him to come out and receive that. It's a medal given away by the Patterson family, uh, every year for your performance on the field as well, uh, as sportsmanship and a couple of other things that they do take into consideration. Definitely a big, big thing for Ryan Switzer to receive that. It was great to have him back on campus. Of course, one of the most successful Tar Heels of all time. Um, you know, just focusing on his career at Carolina. I mean, definitely a guy that everybody is going to remember. Arguably one of the greatest player, arguably the greatest player in Carolina history. You could argue with just all the stuff that he did end up doing. Uh, at the college level. I mean, just looking at some of his stats, of course, uh, the career receptions leader with 243 in his career, career receiving yards leader for Carolina with 2,903 yards, uh, 19 career touchdowns receiving. That's not the most, but still an uh, an unbelievable amount. And then, of course, kick and punt returns. No one really anywhere close to him. Uh, Seven career punt returns for a touchdown. That's first all-time in ACC history. And and his second um, all-time in the nation, um, you know, came pretty close. There were definitely a couple that he should have had. Of course, Larry Fedora, I think most of us have seen the video. Larry saying, uh, telling him uh, that he should have had more than that, should have been five more. And, you know, have to have to agree at that point uh, that there should have probably been more uh, than there were a couple that were called back. But, man, just an unbelievable job uh, in his career by Ryan Switzer and couldn't think of a guy that's really more deserving of that Patterson medal uh, than him for everything that he did on the field. And, of course, the sportsmanship, one of the classiest guys that, you know, is out there on the field, never really talked smack, kind of just went out there and played his game and did it extremely well. Um, you know, so earlier in the week, of course, on Wednesday, the day before, Sci- National Signing Day did wrap up. Of course, we did the podcast going, you know, breaking down what had happened to that point. Tar Heels did sign two guys later on in the day as they did land. Antone Green was the big name late in the day, the three-star wide receiver from Rockledge, Florida. Big, big guy at 6'2", um, one of the bigger ones uh, that was still remaining. So another good get for the Tar Heels, a guy that honestly when I watch the film reminds me a lot of Quinshot Davis that we had a couple of years ago. Don't know if Antone's going to have that same early impact that Quinshot did, but he's definitely going to have at least a chance to do that. And then of course Gavin Lewis, the defensive tackle that we landed uh, just before we ended up landing Antone Green, that's a big land for the Tar Heels as well on the defensive line as that's now the fourth guy or third guy, I think, on the defensive line. I think I mixed, I, th- I think I got that wrong. Um, I, I keep uh, remembering back to when we had Nicholas Fullwider. 
But the third guy on the defensive line for the Tar Heels, another area that they hit extremely hard in this recruiting class. A lot of it focused on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball, man, they they really focused on that defensive line and did a great job down there. So two more guys that are added to this class ends up rounding out as the 23rd-ranked class in the nation, the fourth in the ACC, the best of the Larry Fedora era. So a massive massive job done on the recruiting trail by Larry Fedora especially late in the cycle to get these guys in there have to just I mean just an unbelievable job done by Larry to get those guys in there and there's going to be a lot of guys that could have an early impact already seven guys early enrolled so there's a good chance that they could come in all of those guys could come in and have an early impact and we'll talk about some of those guys coming up here uh, when we take a preview a look into the early depth chart um, you know, got to think that right now, you know, the, it, we're trending in the right direction recruiting-wise, um, and the payoff really is coming from that 2015 season. People were kind of wondering whether or not, you know, that payoff would end up coming. It definitely has. And, you know, right now, you got to feel a little bit confident in the way that Larry's recruiting on the trail. I know some of the in-state prospects, you know, have gotten away just a little bit, but, man, you know, I, I – I don't think that's really something to be concerned about, and we talked about that a little bit, uh, you know, last week on the podcast. So, you know, right now, I think we're, we're trending in the right direction. I think when you look at what we did last year, you know, a lot of that was due to injuries. So, yeah, this team is really going to have a chance with these new younger guys, with a lot of them that have a chance to make an impact, to really take a step back in the right direction. And potentially they could be a team, I think, that could surprise some people. Of course, we'll talk more about that as we go through the summer. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we start to break down, you know, the depth chart more in depth and we have more information such as, you know, through spring practice. And then when we break down the schedule and everything, we'll sort of look at what this team's expectations probably should be. Right now it's still a little bit fuzzy because we still are that far away from college football, over 200 days away from college football but man if you're like me you're ready for it already this Tar Heel football team this recruiting class in specific has really really got you amped um so yeah I mean looking at what we're going to do today just a little preview before we get Zach on the line here we're going to talk about the depth chart kind of just our predictions of what the depth chart looks right now again no no information so we can't be 100% on it as Zach is getting ready to come in here and bringing in my man Zach. How's it going today, man? Pretty good. How about you? Yeah, man, doing well. So, uh, yeah, just opened the show here just a minute ago, and now we're going to talk about the uh, depth chart breakdown. I know this was something that you were extremely excited about, and, uh, you know, I'm extremely excited about it too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, kind of explain to uh, the, the, the listeners what we're going to be doing today and uh, sort of how you're going to be – your, sort of your take on what we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to do the whole thing, actually. We're, we're going to try to get through it. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to have enough time to get through it. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to go for it today. All right, we'll go quick here. Um, so, basically, what we're going to do is, obviously, the season has been over for a while, um, but it's not quite yet at um, spring practice or the spring game or uh, summer or fall practice. So, basically, we, we, what we want to do here is create a preliminary um, depth chart based on and now we have all the freshman recruits in now we have them all signed so uh, those that will be involved in the depth chart will put in there but basically today what I thought that we'd do was um, have each of us kind of go back and forth position by position say who we're looking at uh, what's kind of the overview of that position and then maybe uh, have some comments on the differences between us Right, yeah, that's kind of how I was seeing it. So yeah, let's just uh, let's just jump right into it. I think easily the first position that we got to start with, we got to start with quarterback on offense. We had you know throughout the year last year a quarterback battle that raged um, pretty much on and off throughout the season through you know three guys. Um, Brandon Harris started the year out and was pretty much immediately put on the bench, and for good reason. He just really didn't fit this offense. And then we moved on to Chad Surratt, who had, you know, his good moments early on, but really started to struggle as we got towards that midpoint of the season. 
struggled with some turnover issues, and that's what led to Nathan Elliott coming in and bringing us down the stretch where he got two big wins. And I think, you know, if I'm from reading what the fan base thinks, I think they are all in on Nathan Elliott and maybe Chad Surratt would be the one mixed in there. But both of us right now think it's pretty much a wide-open race. I know from talking to Keith Heckendorf when I saw him a couple of weeks ago, um, now now actually it's probably been about a couple of months ago when I saw him uh, when he was out on a recruiting trip, um, you know, it's pretty much a wide open race between these guys that are, you know, going to be coming in as well as the guys, the, the guys that were there last year. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I think Elliot and Surratt are probably your top two guys because of the college experience. But as we've seen with teams like, you know, Georgia, Alabama, these are two teams that have played in a national championship game now with a true freshman starter. Um, uh, so, True freshmen are not out of the question anymore. It used to be they would have to wait and develop. Now, if you're talented enough, they're going to get you on the field. So I think there is a chance that our two freshmen could be in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just talk about what you've seen so far at that quarterback position. What you th- who, who are the guys you think are going to be impactful in that battle? Uh, yeah, so we basically had the same depth chart in our top three, uh, but it, we did keep it wide open. I think we both lean toward Nathan Elliott right now getting that first start of the season mm-hmm. with maybe Chas Rat being the second most likely option and then probably Chase Reuter as the third, the freshman, as you mentioned. And right now I do agree that it's wide open. I think it's uh, Coach Fedora has stressed that it's wide open every season and that he always wants to put the best guy on the field no matter of age, which – I personally like, I mean, always always get the best guy out there regardless of age, but age does play an impact here. I mean, this is an offense that takes time to learn. It takes time to get composure at a college level to play up to the speed of that game. So it, it would not surprise me if Jace Ruder did not start this season. However, I do certainly think that he's talented. I mean, he was a top 350 guy. He was a four-star prospect out of high school. So certainly he'll be in the mix every season. But uh, in terms of quarterbacking last year, obviously, as we've mentioned in the past uh, with injuries, the offensive line play, which we'll touch on later, was not the best. Um, So that certainly didn't help the quarterbacks. But I, I was not particularly impressed by any individual performance last year. Obviously, you mentioned Brandon Harris. It was not the spot for him. It didn't work out for him. But more on the guys we have now. Nathan Elliott came in late in the le- late in the year last year uh, and led the Tar Heels to, to several of their wins. Um, and uh, generally watching him and watching his film in Carolina games, the offense just ran better with him on the field. I, it functioned better. He was making some of those passes better than Chaz. I don't know if he has particularly the athletic ability or athletic ceiling of Chaz, but right now, Uh, and specifically last year, he had that composure that allowed him to be the better quarterback. For me, I really like Chaz Surratt as a player. I really like the game that he brings. I mean, he has athletic ability to play as a dual-threat quarterback in college. The problem with him last year is just he did not have the composure. He would make mistakes. He would take off and run in situations that weren't wise. He wouldn't make more than one read. So I, I think that... Nathan Elliott, because he has that composure and obviously has an additional year of knowing the offense, will get the start. I'm not terribly confident on either guy as a passer, and I don't really know a lot about Jace Reuter as a passer either, uh, just because a lot of his film or of his run plays, the offense he was playing in in high school in Kansas, was primarily um, an option running offense. So I, I think they're just going to need to find the guy that can run the offense best. Hopefully they find one that can be the best passer. Because, as we've mentioned before and we'll mention today, there's talent in this wide receiver room that needs to be taken advantage of by a guy that can make these intermediate and deep passes downfield. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, You know, you look at Elliott, I agree totally. The offense simply just ran a lot better with him. I thought, you know, earlier in the year, I thought the offense ran well with Chaz, but as the year went along... I think he was he, he started getting really quick to tuck. He didn't keep his eyes down the field. And at times, it just kind of felt like he was kind of forcing it. it. He was trying to make the big play instead of just taking what was there. Whereas Elliott, I think, kind of does that. He's, he's kind of that methodical guy. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the, the, the thing around both of them is neither one of them have a, a, an extremely strong arm. 
And yeah, I don't think long term either one of them are, are really going to lead us to you know a, a a national stage like we were on. Ruder could be that guy. Um, you know, you're you're right. A lot of his stuff that we've seen from him is mostly running, and that's because you know his passing stats his senior year of high school really weren't all that great. But there is another guy that I noticed you put on your depth chart. I don't know if he's going to be in the running for it. Um, kind of a guy that could be a wild card is Cade Fortin. Uh, now, the reason that I don't have him on there is not because I don't think he's a good enough quarterback. He is rehabbing from a knee injury that he suffered in the second game of the season as a senior in high school. So I think it may take him a little bit of time. And I think, you know, it's, it's by the time he ends up getting back on the field, and, you know, especially if they were to, let's say, just go, you know, throw a caution to the wind and throw him out there in the first game of this season, it would be, you know, almost... I mean, it would be almost a year since he's seen any football action at all, you know. So um, that's that's definitely something that I think might might keep him out of the race right now. But you never really do know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think experience definitely will play a little bit of a factor. I agree. You got to know, you know, the RPOs and everything that this offense does bring. It's not an easy thing to just jump in and learn. It's you're not going to know it day one. It's unless you're just off the charts. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think all these guys are de- definitely guys to keep an eye on. Um, for, you know, Ruder, I think if, if his talent really is that high and some of these other guys do struggle just a little bit in practice, you never really do know. Uh, he could end up taking that spot. But, yeah, I agree. I think right now it's Elliott, but keep an eye on these guys for sure. Looking at the running back position, a lot, lot of depth here. Uh, this is an area that we had, should feel very confident in for a good reason. Um, I mean, it starts with Michael Carter for sure and Jordan Brown. Um, and then behind there is when I th- where I think some of the battles are going to start. But I wanted to ask you one thing that I noticed on your depth chart. Um, I had the or next to Michael Carter and Jordan Brown. You actually just had Jordan Brown as your number one. Do you really think that he's that much better than Michael Carter? I don't think that he's that much better. I wouldn't say that per se. But just looking at it last year, um, Jordan Brown was a good running back. I mean, certainly we saw the explosiveness from Michael Carter and saw the big plays from him. But Jordan Brown was not bad either. And I think something that the staff probably admired in Jordan Brown that might carry over to this season. It did specifically last year when Michael Carter was a freshman is that Jordan Brown has been in this offense. He knows how to block, which I think is a big thing going forward, which I didn't see a lot of from Michael. So I think that does allow him to get some of these starting carries because it's not so much of a talent disparity. I would imagine that in terms of distributing carries, hopefully in my opinion, they'll have more, uh, carries just on the whole, but I think it will be more of an even distribution because Michael Carter is just a player that, from the looks of it, is going to be hard to keep off the field. I mean, he has an explosiveness that is deadly at the college level. They're both uh, good catching the ball out of the backfield or in space. I really think that they should be a, a focal point of this offense. Um, and so I, that was just how they spaced him last year. I don't really know. Maybe Michael Carter has learned enough in learning the playbook and learning how to block that he could take that starting spot. Um, One thing that I noticed in in between our depth charts that I wanted to comment on is that you had um, the third spot being uh, Antoine Branch or Stanton Truitt, while Mm -hmm. in my case, I thought that the freshman running backs that we brought in this year and Devin Lawrence and Javante Williams could certainly sort of fight for those spots this year, specifically in my opinion, Javante Williams, um, not being the best runner. I, I thought that uh, Devin Lawrence of the freshman running backs is the better runner, but Javante Williams played a lot of fullback uh, in high school. It did a lot of blocking playing in um, a more traditional option offense. So I, I, I mean, he could contribute, he could fight to be the best blocker on this team, which I think would be very important in the past plays as the offensive line kind of melds. And just having an extra blocker out there with the offensive line and the tight ends, I think that he could get early playing time in that aspect as opposed to a pure running back aspect. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, when I looked at it, I think the thing that I, I kind of factored in the most was the fact that, you know, yeah, Javante Williams is, is definitely a guy that 
I could have an impact. I think he's a little bit undersized. So he, you know, but it is, it is a good thing that he is early enrolled. And then the thing about Devin Lawrence is I thought he was going to early enroll. Unfortunately, he hasn't. So, you know, that, that was something because he said that he was looking to try to get early carries. I think if he had early enrolled, there would be no doubt that he would probably get a look. But I think since, you know, it worked out kind of like that, I'm not saying there's no chance they're going to have they're going to have an impact, but I think right now, yeah, I think Truett and Branch are probably going to be ahead of them, more familiarity with the system. I think Stanton Truett definitely will get his chances because I think, you know, we want to see what we had in him that, you know, we lost last year when he got injured. Um, and, I mean, he brings that ability as, as, you know, definitely going to be a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield as he played receiver a little bit while he was at Auburn as well as running back. Um, before transferring. And then Antoine Branch, the reason that I really, really like Antoine Branch, and I think he's going to fit into this team very well, I think Antoine Branch brings that physical running style that we don't really have in any of the other two running backs. Jordan Brown has it a little bit, but I don't feel like Jordan Brown is that guy that can really come out and run you over. He's not even really like that Elijah Hood type, whereas Antoine Branch is not afraid of contact at all. I remember watching his film Last year, when we got, you know, on signing day, just to see some of these guys that we had, and man, his film just blew me away. This kid will run through a brick wall. He is, I mean, he's amazing. Uh, With, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, they'll be quick, you know, they'll stop in the hole, but this is a guy that I think he's just going to be a downhill guy. He's going to one cut and take it straight up the field, and we've kind of been lacking that, you know really these last two years, because I think even as a senior or uh, not as a, as a junior, Elijah Hood, you know, really struggled with that. I didn't think he was, he seemed like he was trying to bounce to the outside a little too much. But yeah, I think, you know, definitely Antoine Branch, I think is going to have an impact. Unfortunately, last year, what happened to him, if you're wondering, they got injured. I mean, that, that was seriously the, the main thing that kept almost all of these guys off the field. It's definitely not a lack of talent. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I could definitely see those other two guys factoring in. You know, I think yeah, our, the top two backs are are a certain. I think it's really not. It's going to be like last year. It doesn't matter who starts. Um, you know, they, they're going to rotate these guys in. But behind them, in the third, fourth, and you know, even further down on the depth chart, I don't think there's going to be that much of a difference between them. So yeah, I think there's a real chance that these guys can have some impacts. Um, so yeah, anything else you wanted to talk about with the running backs or, uh, no, I just agree about, uh, Antoine Branch. He was a guy that I really liked out of high school, uh, for his running ability. I think that could diversify the Carolina offense. And with that, I think we can, uh, move on to the next position. There we go. Yeah. So now we get to probably the deepest position on the team. Well, Okay, maybe defensive line is ridiculously deep, but wide receiver, man, they we we've got some unbelievable guys out here. I mean, you look at it, you know. Of course, Anthony Ratliff Williams is the one guy that is penciled in that, or excuse me, he's penned in as the starter. He's going to be our starter at the X receiver position. He's the main guy. Um, his stats last year don't lie. I mean, he led the team in receiving six hundred and thirty yards, six touchdowns on thirty five receptions. This guy really took his game to the next level last year, and I think that's going to translate to this year as well. And then when you look at it behind that, um, I mean, especially the slot is a very interesting area. Um, you know, Thomas Jackson is going to return. Uh, that was something that I, I, I think a lot of Tar Heel fans really didn't, didn't know because when I put the article out the other day, I had like two or three fans that actually commented to me and said, he's returning. You know, I think they thought he was a senior. No, he was actually a junior last year. Um, so he will be back this year. Um, and then, yeah, at the Z receiver position, this is an area that right now is, I mean, I think it's a toss-up. We really don't know who's going to be out here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, I'll let you start with this and then I'll kind of bring in some of my points because I, I feel like there's going to be some guys you're definitely going to ask me about here. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some differences in our depth chart, but I think we both agreed to this. Like you said, this is a deep and talented position. I mean, you look at the guys that we already had on the roster, uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, like you also mentioned, uh, Thomas Jackson, but then you have guys like Daz Newsom that was really explosive last year. You have Bo Corrales that can beat you with his size. Uh, people in the staff have talked a lot about uh, um, 
Pontavious Groves is a guy that's really athletic and really talented. Um, so for me, I looked at I, I mainly did it by size. That's not necessarily how it's going to be. But, I mean, Rontavis Groves and Daz Newsome as guys that are both 5'11". I penciled them in as slot receivers. They're explosive. They're athletic. I really like them, uh, you know, on slant routes, on short yardage plays, or just putting them in space and getting them open. In sort of that um, Z position that we talked about, right. um, I uh, personally, I had uh, Bo Corrales or Deami Brown kind of competing for that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Jordan Adams gets in there as well. Um, and really, I'll touch on the freshman wide receivers in a minute. But, I mean, you have Bo Corrales, 6'4", uh, really, really good hands, really good route running, I thought, last year. And just that size mismatch, it can be huge on the outside, specifically in uh, kind of intermediate and deep plays. Uh, but then also you have Deami Brown. I mean, he's 6'2", but that's that's not really an issue at wide receiver. Uh, four-star freshman early enrolled so he'll have that advantage that i think will give him kind of a leg up in getting playing time i don't know per se i mean jordan adams uh and even uh antoine green are no slouches specifically jordan adams i mean uh in the 247 uh, top 247 they had him as a five-star prospect they had him as you know a top three receiver in this class so i i think that there's a lot of excitement around Jordan Adams coming in. And uh, besides that, you have other guys that will probably just help with depth. Roscoe Johnson, Juval Molette, uh, JT Cotron. Uh, just that will be options there in case of injury. But I think it will mainly be uh, the freshmen, um, the two sophomores that we mentioned, Thomas Jackson, and then uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams. So give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I definitely – I love Thomas Jackson. I think he was a guy that – you know, played extremely well in his sophomore year, which, uh, you know, during 2016, then came in last year, and I think got off to a really, really good start. He had seven catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns in what? I think it was, he got injured against Old Dominion. It was pretty early, so it was two and maybe a quarter games. You know, I think there's, you know, and his familiarity with the offense is definitely going to pay dividends. I think he's probably an extremely poor man Switzer, but that's because of how good Ryan Switzer was. I love his route running, and, you know, I I love the way he plays. He plays hard, and, you know, he's another one of those guys that was a walk-on that received a scholarship and probably for good reason. So I think his experience there maybe I think it gives him a leg up in the slot. And another reason why I have him starting there is because at the Z position, I have Daz Newsom. Now, I know he's 5'11", but look at Austin Prohl. He was smaller last year. I think he's measured in at 5'10". Um, so, you know, uh, uh, Newsom actually is a little bit taller than him. But Daz Newsom, he is such a technical route runner. He's a guy that will, you know, he knows how to use his route running to get open. And that's something that's a key at that Z position. Last year, it was a bit of a struggle with guys like Jordan Cunningham, um, you know, who who really just couldn't really find ways to get open. I think moving Daz Newsom out there would definitely help. But I agree. I have the or next to his name because I think Bo Corrales is extremely talented. Um, I love his size. His hands, like you said, are amazing. If you throw it anywhere near, him, he's going to at least give you a really good chance to go and and, and get a first down. So, um, yeah, I, I think for sure he's a guy you've got to keep an eye on. Um, you know, deeper down on the depth chart, wow, Groves is one. He's I think I got him as my number two guy in the slot. The concern with him is definitely health issues. He's had that uh, that knee injury these past two years. Um, and, you know, I, that's something that really, you know, they, they've said that's something that probably could limit his career. Um, you know, it's just kind of going to be a wait-and-see type thing. I mean, the injury last year against Duke was definitely not – it definitely didn't look good at the time. So um, definitely going to be interested to see how he is able to rehab and whether or not he'll be ready to go at the start of the season. Um, you mentioned Jordan Adams and the freshman man. These are three guys that can all come in and have an impact. Diami Brown, he, he's very interesting. I saw him in person. He's 6'2". He's a big guy. Uh, but his, you know, his size really wasn't the thing that he used. Now that might be because of the offensive that they ran at West Mech and the guys that they had available. But his speed was amazing. That is something that I think a lot of people are going to be very shocked by. 
Um, and then the other thing that I noticed about, uh, you know, definitely Jordan Adams is a guy that is going to come in, I think, and have an impact immediately. Extremely talented, a guy that you, as you mentioned, in the 247, he's ranked as the 14th overall prospect, the number three wide receiver. This guy is a monster. They were raving about him for a long, long time. And, you know, this was definitely a guy that we got to be happy that we got. And then, yeah, Antone Green, yeah, another guy that's got a lot of size on him. Reminds me of Quinshaw Davis a little bit. Don't know if he'll have quite the impact early, maybe just based on the fact that we got so many guys already in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this the, the freshmen are there. And then, yeah, deeper down on the depth chart, you'll see guys like JT Cawthon, who I think could have some impact. Uh, Roscoe Johnson maybe could have some impact. But, yeah, those are the, the the main guys right there. And then, oh, one thing that I wanted to include in this group was the tight end group. Um, it's pretty much three guys, I think, that are, are going to be battling for time there. Um, I think it's Brandon Fritz and Carl Tucker are the top two. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of interchangeable. I think it's kind of situational with those type of guys that Larry puts them in. You know, we've seen a good amount of Carl Tucker at times. And then Brandon Fritz comes in mostly in the red zone. Um, and then, yeah, Jake Vargas, I think, is that third guy on the depth chart. But really, Jake Vargas is no slouch. This guy can really play if he, if and when he gets the chance. So, uh, yeah, just any any quick comments on that tight end group there? I know. I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, it, it was mainly Brandon Fritz last year. Uh, I, I think he was a little bit of a better blocker, and they used him mainly uh, in – in short yardage situations like the red zone. But, yeah, it's it's those three that you mentioned for the tight end. So I think that we can move on from there. Yeah, so focusing on the offensive line then, you look at uh, the unit, a lot four of the five starters from last year are going to have to be replaced. So definitely a lot of moving around that's going to be going on here. Um, but, I mean, you look at it, I really think that some of the most of these guys that we have in there I'm real confident in. Um, especially at the tackles, tackle positions and at center. Really like William Sweet starting at left tackle. I think that's what's going to end up happening. He started at right tackle last year, got injured in the game against Old Dominion, which to, to this day I still have no idea what ended up happening to him. I don't know if anybody does. Um, but they never really released anything. Uh, Charlie Heck is going to be at right tackle. He played out there pretty much most of the year after the injury to Sweet. So um, he's got some experience out there. I thought he was serviceable enough, and I think he's got another offseason to grow. And then at center, J.J. McCargo. Saw him in limited snaps last year when Cam Dillard uh, was going down with a couple of injuries. And I thought J.J. McCargo was fantastic. That's one of those guys that I really, really feel confident about going into this year. My concerns would be at the guard positions where you're going to have, right now I have Nick Polino and Mason Veal as the guys that I pencil in, but I think they're both going to be in battles with uh, two freshmen. One of them will be true freshman William Barnes. That's I think he, he'll probably slide in at left guard and battle Nick Polino for that position. And then a right guard, I think Jonah Milton, who was our top recruit last year, is going to definitely have a chance to battle Mason Veal, although I think the seniority for both Polino and Veal will probably give them in the edge. So, uh, yeah, what, what, what do you see on that uh, that offensive line happening, man? Uh, I think we agree pretty much. Uh, Veal is a guy that I certainly liked. I like his technique. Uh, he played uh, pretty much back up all across the line last year, and I, I, I feel strongly about him sliding into that right guard spot, but I think there will be competition. I mean, like you said, with William Barnes, Jonah Melton there. Also, I think that it shouldn't be forgotten that uh, a freshman Avery Jones is there as well. Uh, he will be a true freshman, but he was, I mean, he was a top 300 guy, four-star blue-chip prospect, so I, I certainly think that he will come in and compete. I don't know if he's in that too deep, but certainly I think that he'll um, just be another good body in there, another good guy to develop, maybe add some weight, maybe lose some weight, whatever the staff wants to do with him. Uh, I think the main difference between our depth chart is that while you had Nick Polino and William Barnes being somewhat of a battle, I feel strongly, uh, well, I won't say strongly, I, I have confidence and William Barnes going into that battle, and I would predict him to take that spot, actually. I mean, Nick Polino, we've seen him play in limited spurts over the past two seasons before this upcoming season. I, I think he struggled uh, on the offensive line. He played some in 2016 and was not uh, up to the level 
in my opinion. I, I think he, I mean, and then he lost some of that playing time last year with Khalil Rogers and RJ Prince there. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not to fully criticize him. That's also to praise what William Barnes brings in. I mean, as we've mentioned, William Barnes is, you know, a top 60 player coming out of high school. This is an elite player. This is a guy that played in a wing T offense in high school. So he has a lot of experience being a run blocker, but yet still has that pass blocking ability. Mm-hmm. He has it both, both at an elite, at an elite level. So if there's anyone of the young players that I think can come in and compete for a starting position early, it's William Barnes. And now you also have Jonah Melton that could compete for that left guard position as well. Not only the right guard, just because he was also, you know, a, a blue chip prospect. He's like you said, the highest guy from last year. Um, and he's had a year to register and, you know, be in the weight program and be in the system. So I, I think personally on the whole, the offensive line this year should be better. I mean, I really like Charlie Heck, William Sweet, and J.J. McCargo, like you mentioned. And I think there's plenty of talent here to uh, fill in those guard spots, hopefully have um, really an, a better offensive line in, in every facet, which I think will help that offense run a whole lot better. Right, yeah. Read my mind there with Melton. I think definitely could be in that left guard battle as well. Um, and then you, you mentioned a little bit about Avery Jones. One thing that I thought was interesting, he played defensive tackle his entire senior year, did not play offensive line as a senior at Havelock High School. So maybe a little bit of a transition having to move back there. Probably not really that much at all. But again, I think one of the things that you've got to think about is that we saw Jonah Melton, how talented he was, and he didn't, he didn't even appear really on the two deep last year. Um, so that's probably going to be the same case again this year with Avery Jones. I mean, it could be different. Avery could go in there and really surprise some people. And I've, I, you know, from what I've seen from when he was a junior, he's definitely going to be a guy that will, you know, have an impact on that offensive line one day. I just wonder if it'll be as a freshman. Um, so yeah, moving on to the defense. Um, yeah, I mean, the defensive line probably the most talented unit on. I think it's the most talented unit maybe on the entire team. Um, I mean, you look at the guys that we've got down here. Malik Carney is probably, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the entire country. No one talks about how good this kid is. And, I mean, he's just consistently doing it year in and year out. I mean, he's he's led this team in sacks back-to-back years now. Had five and a half last year, 12 tackles for loss. Um, as well, you know, 57 tackles, which was fourth on the team out of a defensive end position. And we're not talking about, you know, a guy that sometimes stands up as an outside linebacker. This is a guy that's always a hand-in-the-dirt guy and a guy that was rotated out of the game, you know, rather frequently. We do a good job of rotating our defensive linemen. Um, really like Timon Fox at defensive end, too. Uh, just kind of want to see a little more consistency. He was really a flash guy. Um, you know, when he when he would start getting to the quarterback, he would get there multiple times in the game. But, you know, most other than that, there were, you know, he, he was kind of that guy that kind of stayed out of the focus, didn't really, um, you know, he wasn't a guy that always showed up on your screen. I'd like to see him be a little more consistent. And then on the inside, this is where you've got the oars on the depth chart. But at the, this is really just because of talent. Uh, Aaron Crawford at nose tackle, I think, is probably going to be your starter there, or Jeremiah Clark. Um, you know, the, something I've noticed about Jeremiah Clark is kind of weird. He's kind of been that that number two guy at that nose tackle basically his entire career, and we've always thought that he could get up there and, and take over that starting role. But to me, I, I kind of wonder whether or not. You know, this is this is you know a, a commitment thing or something. He's never really been able to get up there and take over that spot. Um, but maybe this is finally his year as a senior. Although Aaron Crawford is extremely talented, and then I mean, you look at the 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 other the defensive tackle position, more of like the three technique defensive tackle. Uh, that's going to be probably Jason Strobridge or Jalen Dalton. I mean, you take your pick here. Jalen Dalton had a fantastic year before. He got injured and then, you know, had a little bit of disciplinary issues, um, you know, on the field, had a couple of penalties that just, you know, they started taking him off the field. I mean, because, I mean, you look at his stats, three sacks, eight tackles for loss, 28 tackles. That's a great job by him. Um, But the one guy that I really like is Jason Strobridge. 
34 tackles last year, five and a half for a loss, including a sack. Um, you know, I thought he played unbelievably last year. A guy that was kind of an unknown came in as a defensive end and actually, I think, put on a little more weight to move inside the defensive tackle. And I thought he was fantastic last year. And I think, you know, he could be that guy, you know, that keeps a guy like Jalen Dalton, who is talented, potentially off the field. So, uh, yeah, what do you see on that defensive line that is just, man, loaded? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I basically agree with the defensive end positions. There was one thing I wanted to point out that you had uh, you had Tyler Powell on there. I, based on an article I've read, I don't know for certain. You seem to have the, the inside track on that information. It was to my understanding that um, he had foregone his final year of eligibility and then just graduated and moved on. I don't know if I can speak with any sort of accuracy oh, okay. about that. That's just what I saw in an article. Hmm. Um, I will have to look into that. Yeah, I, I was under the impression that he was returning, but I will I will check into that. Was that was that rather recently that you saw that article? Uh, no, that was about at the end of the season. It was discussing guys on the depth chart that were moving on. So it was, I mean, it discussed guys like Aiden Bonilla and Devin Perry that were honored at senior day and then moving on for going their final year of eligibility. I, I don't remember if Tyler Powell was honored at senior day. I, I don't really know what kind of impact that has. He may still be out there. It may be something that we have to see in the spring game or whatnot. I don't know how much of an issue it is. He's certainly a talented player, but with the injuries last year, he didn't have a lot of an impact. Right. So, I mean, uh, Tyrone Hopper and Alan Cater, which I had as kind of the second guys at defensive end, and got a lot of playing time last year, and I think will continue to this year. Uh, defensive end is a position that I think there's a lot of strength with. For Carolina, I mean, they, they have tons of guys that can play that position and can do so at an elite level. And then moving on to defensive tackle, like you mentioned, it's really the, the or for all of these positions. I mean, you look at their stats, there's no one guy on the defensive line that, in terms of pure statistics that stands out as being, you know, demonstrably better than the other. So I, I think that that's a real uh, strength that we can rotate these defensive tackles and have the same level of production regardless. I think this shows that everyone on at our defensive tackle position is talented. Um, one guy that specifically stuck out to me last year, like you mentioned, was Jalen Dalton because of those penalties, which is never something that you want to see. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he's a guy that's extremely, extremely physically talented. And really, if he can just kind of control that, um, his play, I think he could be a really good player. Uh Yet again, like you mentioned, Malik Carney, one of the most underrated guys, not only in the nation, but on the team. I mean, people talk a lot about Tamon Fox at defensive end just because he's a younger guy that really pushed for a lot of that playing time. But Malik Carney as a veteran is no slouch either. So like you said, I think that this is a defensive line where you can easily see it uh, rotate, you know, 8 to 10 to 12 deep uh, and be consistently good. Mm -hmm. I think that it's hopefully a position that's a strength. Uh, but I also hope that it's a position that uh, continues to improve. I, I think it's a position that I'd like to see put more pressure on the quarterback, get to the quarterback faster. I think it's a position that I'd like to see shut down some of those running lanes faster and, and better. I, and I think that's just, uh, as Tar Heel fans, something that we want to see in every position. But it, it's something, uh, personally, that I really like to see from a defensive line. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the the... Inability to get pressure, I think, has definitely been a concern for the last three or four years. I thought last year we took a step in the right direction. The sack numbers were better than they had been in the past. And I think, you know, that's something that under John Papuchis, a lot of his defenses have started, have grown as time has gone along into those types of teams that can get pressure. I think we'll get there. Definitely this recruiting class is going to help. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys on this defensive line that can help that. And yeah, stop, you know, be, being those stopgap defensive tackles, we're going to need those types of guys to try to slow down these run games that at times have really just killed us. I thought we did a better job last year for sure. Um, people will say, well, that's because of the passing game. I, I, I think somewhat the passing defense definitely struggling de- was definitely something that a lot of teams attacked. But at the same time, there were some teams that definitely tried to run on us, especially early in the year. And I thought we stood our ground pretty well. 
Um, yeah, a couple other guys that I, I just wanted to throw their names in there that I think will have impacts, people to keep an eye on as we go through spring cramp. Jordan Riley, who will be a sophomore this year, played a decent amount last year, mostly because of injury, but he looked very good when he was in there. And Jake Lawler, redshirt freshman. This is one of the guys that we were extremely high on in last year's class. He could come in and make an impact this year for sure. So moving on to the linebacker position, a little bit of concern here. Lost a lot, a lot of depth here. Uh, Cole Holcomb is going to be your main guy that's going to return um, at the weak side linebacker position, so that's huge. Um, and then interior, I thought Jonathan Smith played very well last year in the time that he saw, and I think that's kind of what we were expecting from him as a freshman before he got injured. Um, so definitely a guy that I think has, is going to live up to expectations. And then, uh, yeah, Dominic Ross, uh, the uh, strong side linebacker. That's who I think it's going to be, but there's going to be some battles behind him. Um, ended up having to move uh, Kane Roberts back to linebacker, so that's how thin the depth is at this position. Um, and, yeah, I mean, looking at mine, I got three true freshmen on the three deep, including a true freshman that is actually on here. Uh, or, or, or a true fresh uh, walk-on, that's what I meant. A walk-on uh, is actually on here. So, yeah, we're, we, we've got a, a little bit of issue here depth-wise. What do you see at the linebacker position? So I agree certainly with the starters and Cole Holcomb, Jonathan Smith, and Dominic Ross. I mean, Cole Holcomb, as Tar Heel fans will know, has been, uh, I think, a two- or three-year starter at, at this linebacker position. Certainly a guy that played a lot last year. Uh, especially in the nickel defense uh, with Andre Smith injured. So I, th- I think he's a guy that uh, will be probably our strongest linebacker this year uh, with competition, certainly from Jonathan Smith. But I mean, he's he'll be a senior this year. He'll have the most experience. Um, I think he'll get a lot of playing time this year. Jonathan Smith, as you mentioned, at middle linebacker, certainly played well in the minutes that he got. I think that he'll need to improve in his coverage skills uh, and maybe – in recognizing offenses, being in that middle linebacker position. But he's certainly a talented guy, certainly a guy that I think did well. So I'm not particularly worried about him. Dominic Ross, um, don't know a lot about him. Didn't really play that much last year. Played a little bit more the year before, but is really just a guy that has had older guys in front of him. So I'll be interested to see uh, now as a veteran himself how he performs in that uh, outside linebacker spot. And as you mentioned after that, uh, there's a lot of – different guys out here i mean you have malik robinson and jeremiah gimmel that were freshmen last year uh malik robinson will be a sophomore jeremiah gimmel will be a redshirt freshman right uh, you have you have the two um but then also you have the two guys uh that potentially uh were being moved over from running back i know that they explicitly mentioned kane roberts which they said that they always intended him to be an outside linebacker and he moved over uh, to running back for depth last year, and now that that's no longer an issue, they're moving him back to linebacker. Uh, with Jonathan Sutton, I'm unsure. They haven't said anything about right, and, and that's be. why I didn't put him on on mine because I am I am unsure. But yeah, oh yeah. Um, for me, I think he'll move back. I, I mean, he was a pretty talented linebacker coming out of high school. I don't really remember uh, how he performed at UNC at his time at linebacker. I mean, he obviously he was getting you know some some playing time off the bench, but mm-hmm. I, I think that he's I, he's certainly been in the system. I think he knows how to play linebacker. Being at running back last year was probably a detour in his career and just something that he did out of depth sake. Um, but then after that, like you said, there's a two true freshmen, Kyle Wright and Matthew Flint, uh, and then the walk-on that you mentioned, the two-way player uh, in uh, Ricky Mizan, I believe in, is his name. Mm-hmm. One. One guy that I wanted to point out as someone that I'm excited for watching his film and then hearing how the coaches have talked to him uh, is Matthew Flint, a guy that came in on a visit in January, uh, immediately drove home and early enrolled uh, kind of in the course of a week, uh, which is really incredible and has already been in the weight program, getting his weight up. I think he was about 210, 220 coming out of high school and i believe he's gained like eight to ten pounds since then mm-hmm. according to um either coach fedora or um coach kabilovic uh maybe tommy thickman also spoke on that so he's a guy that's 
gaining weight. He's getting up to the level. I really like his film coming out of high school. Just in general, something for me that I'd like to see uh, the Tar Heels continue to develop in is their physicality, really, in all, all aspects of the, of the ball. That's something that we've talked about, uh, not only on offense, but on defense. So I think he's a guy that will get those early minutes and early playing time because he plays at that physical level. There may be some developmental issues in that. I mean, there usually are with a guy having to, you know, learn how to control himself and play smart. But I, I certainly think he's a hard hitter. He's a big kid that will come in and, you know, make a big impact early at the linebacker position. Yeah, that impact of uh, Tommy Thigpen being felt real, real early, man. Uh, so, yeah, uh, time's pressing just a little bit, so we're going to move on. Uh, we just got the two positions to go, position groups to go. So, focusing on the defensive back group, um, you know, this is an area where we return two starters. I, I, I don't really know. This is weird. I don't really know how to feel about this position because I like KJ Sales a lot. His stats really stand up. I know a lot of people don't like the attitude that he takes, but I didn't really mind it that that much because, you know, he was a guy that brought energy to a team that really needed some energy when they were going through, you know, the losing streak that they were going through. Um, And, you know, I mean, 13 pass deflections to go along with, um, with, with 30 tackles. I mean, he he really played sensational. Led the team in pass deflections. Actually, one more than uh, MJ Stewart. So that's extremely impressive. Um, you know, the other starter is Miles Dorn. Um, you know, a guy that's that's played a good amount as a freshman. Then started last year. Had his moments where he struggled. Um, but I think he's a serviceable guy back there. The one guy that I'm really excited about is strong safety. J.K. Britt. I thought he came in after the injury to Donnie Miles, and I thought he played great. 53 tackles, which ended up finishing fifth on the team. Um, did also get an interception. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he is – I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to have uh, a huge impact as a senior. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the other cornerback position, I think, is the area where there's going to be a pretty good battle. And then Nickelback on the inside, just threw that one in there. I know that we're a base 4-3 defense. But we play a lot of nickel, and that's going to be Miles Woolfolk. He'll be back there um, as a sophomore. I thought he played well last year, but he definitely has to improve on his open field tackling. That was something that he really, really struggled with last year. Um, so keep an eye on Trey Shaw to potentially have an impact there. So what do you see uh, going on in that defensive backfield? And mainly, uh, let's just focus on that that second cornerback position and what you see happening there. Yeah, so just to comment real quickly on the safety, because I think we can move through that real quickly. I think it is pretty definitively the two guys, Miles Dorn and J.K. Britt, which are both guys that I like. I think Dorn's a guy that, like you said, may have struggled in open field tackling, but just needs to continue to develop and play smarter. Certainly has all the athletic gifts to play there. And sort of lower in the depth chart behind him, we'll have D.J. Ford, uh, Mm -hmm. the two freshmen, Bryson Richardson and Javon Terry, and then maybe... Uh, Alan Artis, depending on uh, what his position is, he's mainly a guy that's uh, a special teams player. But just touching very quickly on that other cornerback position, I mean, we have a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions uh, in this in this cornerback room. Uh, really, the two that uh, I think both of us touched on to fill in that second role was either uh, Corey Bell Jr. or Patrice Renee. Corey Bell Jr. was a guy that you were not too excited with last year. Uh, just playing in those early minutes, he got beat a lot. I think the fact that he was given the starting spot last year shows that he perhaps has some talent there, has some skill, and merely played some really, really good passing offenses in those first two games with Cal and with Louisville. So I think he's a guy that will certainly be in there to compete. I I believe he'll be a senior this year or or a junior, so certainly a veteran guy Mm -hmm. within this defense. Then there's also Patrice Rene. I mean, he's gotten some intermediate playing time kind of had some uh, I, I believe he started against Georgia in 2016 right uh, started maybe, as a true freshman and then don't really know why he was put on the bench because I thought he played well I, mean, I I thought he played okay I, I do think that he got beat on some uh, really on the whole there's a lot of talent here um, I'm not sure about how it's particularly being developed right now and then there's also the issue of you know finding a new position coach for this group right um but i don't know i i think this will be i don't know which position will be stronger in the linebackers or in the safety 
our, I mean, the secondary positions uh, in terms of our defense, I think we both agree that the defensive line will be the strongest. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there will be a lot of battles here. And then there, there's there's freshmen and sophomore players that, I mean, that will push these guys. There's C.J. Cotman, there's Trey Shaw, there's Greg Ross, there's Caleb Rosar that will, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll push for playing time here. So I, I think that it's an interesting position in, in terms of the battles that we'll see here in spring camp and in summer and going into the fall. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I have. I think Patricia Ney has a little bit of an edge because, um, to me, I mean, he he's got the experience. He's a junior. Corey Bell Jr. is a senior, so only one more year really in the system. And yeah, I mean, to me, Corey Bell Jr. just man, they put him out there. I understand he might show you these great things in practice, but really, when he gets out on the field and it's and gets into the game. He's really had his struggles. Um, it's nothing personal against him. I mean, you know, that's just that's just what I'm seeing. And right now, I think Patrice Erne is a guy that when he's been out there, I think he's you know he's been good enough. I think that he sh- he has the edge. Again, I don't think he's a world beater, and you know, it's definitely a trial by error type thing, especially at the cornerback position. That's an area where you've really just got to throw guys out there and see what they've got. Um, but yeah, I agree. There is a a, a lot of talent. I think. If I had to say right now, I think I'm a little more confident in the secondary than I am the linebacking core because I think there there is there's enough depth in the secondary. I feel like linebacker there is some real concern and some justified concern uh, with the amount of depth that we have there. So yeah, I mean, I look at it. This secondary is going to have a lot of guys that are going to have impacts. Um, you know, for sure. I think one of the guys. The, the one guy that I, I want everyone to keep an eye on is C.J. Cotman. He's going to be a guy that, you know, played a little bit on special teams last year. So clearly, I mean, if you, it might not be the biggest thing, but if they don't redshirt you, clearly they see something that they think is, is worthy of keeping you on the field. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on for sure, if anything, at the nickelback position. Um, so, yeah, quickly going to wrap it up here. Got just a few minutes. Uh, just turning to special teams. Most of these guys are pretty pretty well set. Uh, Tom Sheldon is going to be set um, at punter, it seems. I mean, Hunter Len will be there. No way he's going to beat him out for that starting job because Tom Sheldon is really that good. But it's good to know if Tom Sheldon goes down again, we do have Hunter Len still there. And then uh, we've also got Anthony Ratliff-Williams is definitely going to be a starter. The long snappers, we've got our two guys back there as well, both seniors. Uh, and then uh, the holder will be Manny Miles. I mean, you know, most people think those are meaningless positions, but they're really not. Um, the two areas that I wanted to talk about just really, really quickly, kicker and punt returner. Uh, Freeman Jones and Noah Ruggles. I think Freeman Jones probably has a little bit of an, a- of an edge, but I didn't think he was great last year. So I think the door is open for Noah Ruggles to potentially come in and maybe beat him out this year. And then uh, punt returner is just a uh, – really, I don't even know where to start with that. It would seem like Rontavius Groves is probably the guy because he did return one punt last year against Duke. Um, but, I, I mean, still, I'm not 100% certain there. So any uh, any quick takes on that? Uh, yeah, just really, really quick. I think that those are both positions where there's a lot of guys, like you mentioned. I think that they're both in competition and the best guy would win out. I know that we have a limit on time. So just to wrap up, if you could give me uh, some quick thoughts on uh, both sides of the ball as a whole, offense and defense. Um, yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, I look at this team. There's a lot of talent here. Um, I feel like the inexperience that we had last year is kind of going to be it, – it's going to be in the past. A lot of these guys got experience because of injuries. And, you know, I mean, we look at the recruiting class that we brought in. I feel like that kind of showcases – you know, just where we are as a team. I think this team definitely should make a bowl game. That's definitely an expectation, and I think could potentially reach the eight-win mark again. Um, I think the defense will be improved. Offense, I think, will be better. I don't think they're going to be back at the level that they were in 2015 or maybe even early 2016, but this team is definitely something to feel confident about. And, uh, yeah, just uh, w- w- same thing for you, man. Just something quick on what you think about the team as a whole. Yeah, real quick, I think I agree with both your spots. I think that offense should be improved this year. Uh, hopefully there's a little bit um, different play calling, in my opinion. I think that they should focus more on short to intermediate passes and using that you know, spread option run game. But I think that there is a lot of talent here to be better in all aspects of the ball. Like you said, maybe not to the level of a 2015 Carolina team quite yet, but certainly 
more serviceable than we saw last year. Defensively, I, I really don't know how to feel yet. I mean, certainly the defensive line will be better, but there's there's question marks at how well we'll play kind of in the back seven with linebackers and secondary. So that'll be uh, positions to look out at. But certainly I think this will be a better team than last year. Like you said, I think this will be a bowl game team. I think it'll be about, a, just to throw it out there real quick, I think it'll be a five to eight win team kind of in that range. Um, I feel good about that right now. Uh, not trying to put too high of expectations on this team, but trying to you know be positive into the future. So I, I think this will be a pretty good year. Uh, going into the future for for Carolina fans and for Larry Fedora. All right, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. I gotta I gotta run. Gotta get ready to get back in class. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right, thanks for having me. No problem, man. And that's uh, gonna do it for us, guys. As always, go heels and check out the blog and everything else. Uh, Twitter as always. Thank you guys for joining us.